right, for our sermon today, we have a uh, message from Mr. Steve Andrews entitled, The Watchman and the Gospel. Mr. Andrews. Well, greetings to all that are here and uh, to those that have tuned in today. Greetings. Um, when we were saying that song, I remember years and years ago, some of us that are here remember being in that choir and uh, being Okies, we uh, had a tendency to sing that song, um, There is a Bomb in Gilead. And uh, it took us a while <laughs> to get the B-A-L-M into that song because we definitely were, were having a very difficult time with that particular part of it. We got pretty good at that song, though, after a, um, being chided a few times about the bomb that was in Gilead. Um, so anyway, I've uh, been thinking about several things and on the uh, level of the ones that I've Messages I've been giving that some somewhat prophetic and somewhat uh, uh, looking ahead at different things. I I got to thinking about the the watchman and the gospel. Are they compatible? You know, one's an Old Testament uh, Ezekiel 33, and the other one, of course, is uh, pretty much what we we see in the in the New Testament and what Jesus brought. Well, we might turn to that real quickly and and look at that uh, uh, few verses that here on the, the gospel message that Jesus uh, brought and how he commanded that gospel message to be brought. We find that, of course, in the New Testament, in Matthew, the fifth chapter. And we know that word, gospel, means good news, good message. It is a good message. It's something powerful and profound that we uh, can bring and I think I had that wrong. I think I sent 517. It's actually 417 um, instead of 517. It said, in 417 it says, From the time uh, that, that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He had just been through that uh, trial that he had went through in the wilderness. And the many 40 days of fasting and 40 days in which... Uh, the adversary had pounded on him. And at the end, he won by the power of the Word of God, by the power of the voice that came out from the Word of God. And so we see that the first message, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It seems like it's an ancient message, but it's continues on today. Everyone who is called to come to Jesus Christ is called to repent and to believe the gospel. That's what it says. To believe the gospel. Two more places here, and we're going to get back into to the prophetic part of this in a minute, but I wanted to go to Matthew, the 28th chapter, because there's a couple of things here that were commanded to preach that Jesus gave us. He says in verse 18, um, of Matthew, the 28th chapter. 
He says, and Jesus came and spoke to them, and he says, All power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. And we know that. that Jesus um, has commanded us to reach out as best that we can with the the things that he has given us. And we try that. We, we go out live every week on the Sabbath, on his day. We preach this word. And we hope that others will hear it and, and come to Jesus Christ. In Mark, the 16th chapter, one more said on this, this particular part. He said, um, after verse, I'm going to pick up here in verse 14, even though I've got verse 15 afterward. He appeared, he appeared to the eleven, they sat at meat and upbraided them with the unbelief and the hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said to them, Go you into all the world, preach this good news to every creature. And so we have a commission to continue to preach this good news to the best of our, of the, 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 uh, the best that God has given us. To reach out. He that believes and, and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believes not shall be judged or condemned. And so we reach out with this gospel message to, the, to what God has given us in every way. Through the uh, CGOM and all of, that, uh, all of the literature that we're able to put out. And also over the internet on a regular basis. Live every week. And I hope that... Uh, uh, the messages that we bring are an inspiration and maybe a strength. And if somebody picks this up on YouTube or somewhere and they, and they listen to this message, and if you haven't come to Jesus Christ yet, I, I encourage you to look into God's Word, to search out the Gospel, the good news of the Kingdom of God, and come to Christ. Especially in the world that we live in today, um, I, I encourage everyone to do that. In Ezekiel, there was a special, <laughs> all of the message in, the, in Ezekiel, um, when I look at it, so much of it is the voice of God. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this I have this uh, easy reader, the Sword Bible, and all of the words of, of God are in red, as they are in the, the New Testament, in red. And so, one of the things that we, that I was I have been reading, which was kind of interesting, that one of the voice of God is one of the proofs that this is not an idol. This is not just something that you bow down to. The, the voice of God is written in, the, in this book. It is a powerful voice. And it comes through powerfully when we read it. And we see these things in, verse, in chapter 33 of Ezekiel as he tells um, Ezekiel to write these words down. Again, the, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, when I bring the sword upon the land, if the people that land um, take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman, if when he sees the sword come upon the land, 
he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whosoever hears the sound of the trumpet and takes not warning, if that sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his head. He heard that sound, he heard the sound of the trumpet, he took not warning, his blood shall be upon him. But he that takes that warning shall deliver his soul. I keep thinking about the Jews that ended up in Germany. There was quite a bit of warning about things that were coming to pass in, in Germany at that time. Some Jews actually were able to escape that because they, they heeded some warnings that were coming out. And others had to go through terrible, terrible trials and death because of that. But if the watchmen see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, and if the sword come and take any person from among them, he that is taken away in his iniquity, his blood I will require on the watchman's hand. And so if we take up the mantle of the watchman to reach out to the world, we must be careful that we are able to, to also articulate what is going on in the world that we live in so that we can um, best help people to understand uh, if that sword is coming. Sometimes I'm, I'm wondering if we're not under that sword today. Um, it seems like this thing goes on and on when we uh, uh, face with this ongoing virus, this COVID-19. Is it, is it real? Is it, uh, is, it, um, is, it, is it something contrived? Is it, um, well, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm really having a hard time. I read a lot. I, I look into things a lot. I see a lot of controversy. I see a lot of different things. And I'm, I'm sure that people that are out here and listening today probably have the same feelings about it and not really understanding exactly what's going on. So anyway, going on with what is written here by God for this watchman. So, you, O son of man, I have set you as a watchman to the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die if you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked of his way to turn him from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity but you have delivered your soul. So, you know, we, we do have a message of, of repentance. We have a message of salvation. And we can reach out to everyone. And we have a message of Jesus Christ, the, the Savior, who had come to this earth. That's a message of salvation. And if you want to save your soul, turn to Christ. Accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Be baptized, as it says in the scriptures. And you have a future in the kingdom of God. Therefore, O you son of man, speak to the house of Israel. Thus you shall speak, saying, If our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away in them, how should we then live? Say to them, As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn you, turn you from your evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? And that goes for everyone. That goes for all. If you would turn from your wicked ways. We see a lot of that going on in the society that we live in today. 
it seems like it's filled with a lot of immorality and, and different things. And I, I've got a few things I want to share with you here in a, in a, in a minute when I get to the end of this, at this part of uh, what uh, Ezekiel has written down for us to hear. Therefore, you son of man, say to the children of your people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall thereby in the day that he turns from his wickedness. Neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in the day he sins. And so God has, has put a burden on all that come to him that we live a righteous life and not turn away to sin. And last week, uh, Reg had a, a really good, interesting message about you know, of that in, in, uh, on sin and sinning. When I shall say to the righteous, they shall live if he trusts his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered, but for his iniquities that he has committed, he shall die for it. And that is if he doesn't repent, if he doesn't change. You know, God is hold, holds out for all of us. If we get into that situation, then we understand the penalties for continuing in sin, we can, we can change. We can actually repent and ask God for forgiveness and change our life. We can go a different way. Again, when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die if, if he turn from his sin and do that which is lawful and right. Uh, you shall, uh, if, if the wicked restore the pledge, give again that he is uh, robbed, walk in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live. He shall not die. So a person that comes to God and asks for repentance and, and truly changes his life, he will receive uh, that forgiveness. None of his sins that he has committed shall be mem uh, mentioned to him. He has done that which is lawful and right, and he shall surely live. Yet the children of your people say, the way of the Lord is not equal. <laughs> or in this, we hear that sometimes in the society we live in. Oh, well, uh, it's not equal. It's not right. It's not, it's not good. But as for them, their way is not equal. That's not right. When the righteous turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, he shall even die thereby. But if the wicked turn from his wickedness and do that which is lawful and right, he shall live thereby. Yet you say, the way of the Lord is not equal. O you house of Israel, I will judge you, judge you every one after his ways. And so we see that this is the way that this is a, a New Testament gospel message to turn away from wickedness to turn to God, to believe the gospel, to believe what, what God has said, and to turn away from wickedness, to turn away from evil. So let's go to Matthew 24, and let's look at some of the things that, that Jesus said about the end time, and, and about the time that we're living in today. He says in verse, uh, beginning in verse 37, I've read so many of these uh, uh, recently, uh, and some of it I haven't read recently, so I want to go through some of it here. He says, but as in the days of Noah, verse, uh, verse 37, where so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. As in the days of Noah, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And of course, we've talked about that, that there was great wickedness in the earth, and God was very displeased with everything that was going on. 
He says, For as the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Well, God gave us a, a way and an understanding through this watchman that we can watch, we can look, we can understand. And man, there is so much out there, so much uh, to, to learn about what's going on in the world. And we don't have to be caught not understanding that we are in the days of Noah and the, those, that wickedness that was on the earth. I showed this one sign before, um, and, and I, I was so impressed with Dr. James Dobson's book, Marriage Under Fire. And of course, it's already happened, and it's, it's too late now, but they already passed this uh, gay, gay uh, marriage thing and overturned the, the defense of marriage. But he, on the back side of this, he was trying to reach out, even if somebody just took the book and turned it over to the back. And he says, why should the definition of family be uh, broadened and modernized? What harm would it be, uh, could be done by two consenting adults who love one another coming together and create a binding union? In this subject analysis of the issue, Dr. James Dobson presents a compelling case against the legalization of, uh, of marriage between homosexuals and the dire ramifications of our nation could face. Now, we've already been living in it for a while, so we're already very familiar with what's going on. And so and Dr. Dobson, and through his whole book, trying to get people to, to, you know, to, to reach out um, as a warning, as a, as a watchman. I think God uses different people with different talents who have the ability to reach out to different um, parts of, uh, of the society that we live in. And Dr. Dobson is one that's always been uh, one to preach a, uh, about marriage, about family, uh, having uh, good homes. And he saw the difficulty that was coming, and he, he wanted people to, to understand. These few points here, he says, same-sex marriage will destroy the fundamental principles of marriage, parenthood, and interesting gender. And what do we see? Gender confusion now. Total gender confusion. I like to bring, um, I don't want to bring a whole lot of, of different things that I find on the, on the internet, but I do have one that I did find that was kind of interesting by uh, a Nicole Russell from the Daily Signal. And the headline is, 14 parents sue a school district over a secretive transgender policy. Said, 22 states in the District of Columbia last week sued the Trump administration in federal court over the president's rollback of transgender health care. The, the lawsuit filed in, in New York includes more traditional conservative states such as Illinois, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. That Wisconsin's attorney general would participate in this lawsuit is surprising, given the controversy that already exists in the state capital of Madison over one of the school district's transgender policy. That policy is so anti-parent, it promoted a multi-parent lawsuit itself. In Doe versus Madison Metropolitan School District, 14 parents of Madison parented um, with a local law firm 
and attorneys at Alliance Defending Freedom to fight for parental rights uh, that have been eroded by the transgender ideology seeping into every avenue of life from health care to education. A couple of years ago, the Madison Metropolitan School District adopted a policy that didn't just promote transgender ideology in the schools, but created a system allowing teachers, now listen to this, allowing teachers to hide information students shared about gender dys uh, dysphoria to their uh, or their desire to be transgender from the child's own parents. The policy provides a method for teachers to deceive parents about their child's so-called gender identity. Bear in mind, this school district is the largest one in Wisconsin. Over 25,000 students attend 52 schools. This policy could affect a lot of kids and parents. Although the percentage of kids who suffer from gender dysphoria is still relatively small, teachers are required to fill out a gender support plan form for any child who asks to be treated in the school as transgender. The form asks questions that range from restroom use to whether the child's family will be included in this revelation. Even though parents have rights under the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act to review any school records about their children, they would be unable to see this life-altering gender support plan. It took some creative finagling for the school district to figure out how to get around the federal law. Under the law, it turned out, an individual teacher's personal notes about a student are exempt from the parent's right of access. A section of the, of the gender support plan tells teachers to file the plan in the teacher's personal confidential file, not in the student's record, so it remains exempt from the federal law and hidden from the parents. And it goes on and on, and I won't read the rest of it. Um, if you're interested, it's uh, at the Daily Signal uh, 14 parents sue the school district. But we see this happening more and more in our society today as we, as we spin more and more towards the days of Noah, towards that time in which God is going to return because the wickedness of man will be so great upon the earth. We have already turned the corner in marriage. We've already turned the corner now in which in America it's going to be more and more difficult for individuals um, to speak out about uh, different things in society, especially this particular um, situation that we have today in this society in which um, there's no gender. Although God says, I made, I made man in my image, the image of God made he male and female. No matter what, it doesn't change. Even forensic science can figure out whether you're male or female. So, just, they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. Is it going to come to the point where around the world all of this is going to be closed off and the world, they will not get any truth, they will not find any answers because it will all be taken away. I don't know whether that day is coming. It may come in my lifetime. But I say to the parents who have children in school, if, you are, if, if your children are in school, or grandparents, if you have children in public school, please be aware of what the public schools are doing. Be cognizant. It may not happen in Oklahoma. We, we're usually the last one to get it from California. 
which is kind of a thankful thing, although uh, uh, it, it does seem to, to migrate this way from that, that particular state. So if, if you have children in public school, please be cognizant of what they're doing and what they're hiding and how they're hiding it and why they're hiding it, because it does seem that this seems to be a pattern um, in parts of the country. Beginning, uh, continue on in verse 40. Then shall there be two in the field, the one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken, the other left. He says, watch, therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord does come. So even Christ says for us to watch. Uh, to be cognizant of the world we live in. Are, are we ready? Are we, are we filled with God's spirit? Are we, are we close to God? Are we having... Um, or are we having conversations with God? Are we able to, to read God's word and understand it? Um, are, we, are we being able to, to, to really have a good relationship with God? So we're told to watch, therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord has come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known at what watch the third thief would have come, he would have watched, and he would not have allowed that house to be broken up. Therefore, be you also ready, for in that such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man comes. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom the Lord has made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find so doing. And that's what's important. Every Sabbath, every holy day, all of the holy days are important. All of the Sabbaths are important. Everything that God has set aside for us to, to learn about Him, to be His children, are important. So as we see these things in society, which are just really helping us to see that society is beginning to, 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 to collapse around a very immoral um, situation, we understand then that, that we need to be close to God. Blessed is that servant, whom the Lord, when he comes, shall find so doing. He says, Verily I say unto you that he shall make him a ruler over his goods. But if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delays his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and to drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he uh, looks not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, and shall, um, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now Jesus was, was um, not real kind about his generation. He was very open and very, very blunt to those people. Let's, let's turn to Mark, the 8th chapter. And let's look and see a few things that Jesus said. Beginning in verse 34, 8, verse 34. And when he had called the people to him with his disciples also, he said to them, Whosoever will come after me and let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. For whomsoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. So here is the good news included in our relationship with God, the, uh, with Jesus Christ. For what sh shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? 
Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And so down through the ages, as anyone has read the words of Jesus, and they've read that, they've understood what our relationship should be. We should be close to, to God and to Jesus Christ, God the Father and Jesus Christ. We should shun the adulterous and sinful generation that we live in. <laughs> uh, I don't know whether this is the last generation. I know that a lot of things are happening in this world, but sometimes it sure looks like it. But I've, I saw that back in the 60s also and was thinking that it was getting close to the end. And the 70s and different, different things down through the ages. And so we have to pray. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Matthew, the 12th chapter, Matthew 12, beginning in verse 22. Then was brought to him one possessed with the devil blind and dumb, and healed him, insomuch that the blind and the dumb both spoke and saw. What a, what a miracle. What a miracle. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out devils, by, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. <laughs> and Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And boy, we, we bring that down through the ages, don't we? we? We even quote that because that's such a truth. It is so true. Everybody, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And we look at what's going on in our own our own society and it's beginning to be divided and we realize it's being divided will it stand we have to ask that will it stand and he says if Satan cast out Satan he is divided against himself how shall then his kingdom stand and if I be by Beelzebub cast out devils by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come to you. Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind that strong man, and then he will spoil his house. He that is not with me is against me. He that gathers not with me scatters abroad. Wherefore I say to you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven to men. And so this is a very a powerful thing that Jesus said. Because once you have the Spirit of God within you, if you reject it and turn from it, it's a very serious thing. And especially if we understand, which we do, that God has Put that spirit in us to guide us, to lead us, to open our eyes, to see things that we would not normally see. Whosoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. 
Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and the fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by its fruit. Another saying that we use a lot, isn't it? Another saying. Tree is corrupt, its fruit is corrupt, the tree is known by its fruit. O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. All of these sayings you could take with you and understand the world that you live in. Everything Jesus said here when it was talking about these various things. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. If there is goodness in your heart, if you are filled with God's Spirit and there's goodness in there, then you will bring forth good things. But if deep down your heart is evil, out of that evil treasure will be bring forth eventually. You'll not be able to hide it. And so repent of those things in your life that uh, are separating you from God if there is any. And come to, to Christ and, and be righteous. Be good, as Jesus said. But I say to you that every idle word that, a man, that men shall speak, they shall give account, therefore, in the day of judgment. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. Wow. <laughs> Listen, Jesus really had some powerful, powerful words. Then certain the scribes and Pharisees answered and said, Master, we would see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to you except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the, in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and behold a greater than Jonah is here. And they crucified him for the words that he spoke and the things that he did such as healing and raising of the dead. So many miracles that Jesus did and they still crucified him for the things that he did. He says, the queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man and he walks through dry places seeking rest and finds none, then he says, I will return into the house from which I came out. And when he comes and he finds it empty and swept and garnished, then goes he and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also to this wicked generation. Wow. He didn't mince any words when he was on the earth. His words were powerful and to the point. And they condemned that generation, for not realizing who he was and what he was bringing to them. They just discounted Jesus and all that he did and all of his words. And at the end, they crucified him. 
In 2 Timothy, as we look at this gospel message that was passed on to Paul, because there's some, some powerful things that, that he's, he writes here. 2 Timothy, the first chapter. I think... I, th- I think I've got seven. I think I wrote down one there, but I think. Uh, you know, let's just go ahead and read beginning one because uh, Paul's introductions to his letters were so so profound and so interesting. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that I may, uh, that I may be filled with joy. When I, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that, that is in you, which dwelled first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that, you, that in you also. Wherefore I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. So we even learned some things from Paul about um, the Holy Spirit being given by the, the hands being laid on. That's what we do when we baptize. We lay hands on uh, someone and we ask God to give them that Holy Spirit. And Paul gave us that understanding here. For God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind. Of, of all the things that you can read, when you're in a trial and tribulation, come to this scripture on a regular basis. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. With that spirit that dwells in us, it gives us that sound mind. And we, we should tap into the spirit so that our minds are sound. No matter what's going on in the world that we live in today, no matter what's happening around us, no matter what is, is transpiring in this world, we need this sound mind that comes from God's Holy Spirit. He says, Be not you therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be you partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which is given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made a manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to life through the gospel, the good news. And you saw how it's, it's expanded an understanding uh, that Paul was given to understand the, the death of Jesus Christ and, and how that works brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, through that good news. Whereto I am appointed preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. We pray that song. We, we, we sing that song. 
For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. So he says, hold fast the form of sound words which you have heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good things which was committed to you keep by the Holy Spirit which dwells in us. This you know that that all they which are um, in Asia be turned away from me, of whom is uh, Philegus and Hermogenes. The Lord give mercy to the house of Onesiphorus, uh, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. And so let's, let's go on now into some more of Paul's uh, profound writings as he really expands this and talks about this current day that we live in, in Romans, the first chapter. We, we read it a lot because we live in this, in this. We live in parts of this, and there is so much in here. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. The good news of God, which he has promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. And so, here's, a, here's something to understand. The Holy Scriptures. The, these were letters sent out to different places like Rome and Corinthians, to the Corinthians, to the Romans and the Corinthians. They all look back to the Scriptures, the Old Testament that we call the Old Testament. Because it was, these were things that were promised before his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which may, was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name among whom are you also called of Jesus Christ. As everyone in here is called of Jesus Christ. If you want life, you call out to Jesus Christ. If you want immortality, if you want to be in the kingdom, you call out and ask Jesus Christ to convert you, to make you uh, a new person, a new creature in Christ. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you, peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout all the whole world. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if by any means now at length I might have a uh, prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to, to the end you may be established. And sometimes when we read Paul, we see those spiritual gifts, don't we? We understand that it is establishing us and grounding us in the truth of the word. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come to you but was prevented until now, that I might have some fruit among you, 
also even as among other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to the, to the Greeks and to, uh, to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the good news to you that are, in, that, that are at Rome also. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And I could almost, as, as I've said before, I had almost imagined this, this man and, and the power in which he would preach. Because the words of which are written seem to have that kind of power to them, don't they? They seem to have a, 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 a profound power. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. It's interesting that, you know, faith, faith is something that, that, that's in, that sometimes we think is ethereal. And yet, in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, in verse 1, it, it talks about an, an assurance and an evidence of faith, an assurance, and an evidence. So if you have an assurance, or you have, a, a, you know, the, this, uh, that you're assured of your faith, and you have the evidence because you know that God exists, your faith is strengthened. And of course, through the words that, that God has preserved in his, uh, down through the ages, and that we read uh, on the Sabbath, let's go on to verse 18, for the for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God has showed it to them. You know there have been some uh, um, some powerful preachers that have turned from the word and gone um, back into this the, the, the worldly thinking um, and, and done things that are not right, are not good. And God be their judge. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are, are, rightly, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And if you haven't searched and looked, researched, um, the creation that God has created, the DNA and all of the different things, it's time to do that so that your faith will be strengthened to understand that God has created and has a powerful creation. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the image made like corruptible man, and to birds, and to four-footed beasts, and to creeping things. And again, we're talking about idolatry. Isn't it, fun? Isn't it interesting how we've had, how they've had a, a, a terrible time in Hollywood producing movies? I mean, can you imagine all of the movies with all these people with masks on? <laughs> oh, the love affair. <laughs> the guy and the gal with their masks on. Ah, oh, I love you. Your mask is beautiful. Oh, no, your mask is beautiful. Oh, <laughs> whoa, 
it has really changed the idolatry of Hollywood uh, a great deal. And it has stopped them cold. How about the sports? How about sports? <laughs> Some of us like sports, but boy, this COVID thing has really kind of put a, a stopper on a lot of the sports because uh, even some of them that think they're safe, all of a sudden they get, they, they realize they have, uh, they've been infected with it. So those things, corruptible, got into the image made like corruptible man, birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. It seems to have, uh, now, uh, that's what idolatry is all about. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Change the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator, or the, uh, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause gave them up to vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use uh, into that which was uh, against nature. And likewise also the men leaving natural use of the women firm in their lust, one towards another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meat. And we can see that in our society today, and it will even get worse if they put the equal rights um, thing, amendment together and get it out. We will no longer be able to preach against anything. <laughs> we will be uh, penalized and, and shut down and all of the different things that we, um, the, the Bible talks about. It's happened in a lot of places in the world today. Uh, Great Britain, Germany, a lot of places. Um, parents that want to protect their children. Uh, in Germany especially, have a, have a problem with that. Because they have mandatory public school. They cannot homeschool their children. If they try, sometimes... They are taken to court. And so consequently, they're being indoctrinated in different, different places in the world. And today, we still have some choices, don't we? We still have choices. Thankfully, we do. We have private schools. We have homeschooling that we can do. In fact, COVID-19 has actually made homeschooling more popular amongst a lot of, a lot of parents. And so consequently, we, we see this in, in this world the immorality that's coming. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to, those, to do those things, which is not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignant, uh, malignity, um, uh, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, spiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil, Things of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, i.e., the abortion industry. The abortion industry would not even exist if there were no customers. It has to start with those young ladies out there who want to abort their children. And have no natural affection. And have no, just, it's, it's, it's beyond me. Impacable, Im, Im, implacable, 
and merciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And so we see there's a very powerful and strong words that uh, Paul imparts to us. I want to leave us with a couple of really, really good things, because I don't like to leave uh, our hearts with such uh, feeling of the world as, as it is and the things that are there. So I've, I've turned to Romans, the 8th chapter, and I'm just going to pick it up in verse 11. I'm not going to read all of it. I love this chapter. I think it's one of the most profound and most powerful chapters that Paul has written, along, of course, 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, which I also love. A lot of Paul's writings are powerful. But here we find in verse 11, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Those that may be tuning in or see this on YouTube or something and are curious and get to this point, that spirit is so powerful and so wonderful to understand that with that spirit, we have hope of eternal life in the kingdom of God. That word quickened means to be made alive. Therefore, brethren, we are not debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as much as you are led by the Spirit of God, so as many of you as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption or sonship whereby we call, we cry, Abba, Father. It's a personal thing. Our Father in heaven. We can come to him as our Father, as Jesus taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. And so you can go on and read the rest of that. And I want to leave you with one, one final thing. And that is the kingdom of God, the gospel message, the coming kingdom of God on this earth, the power that will come to this earth to change, uh, to change the day that will be like the, the Noah time in which wickedness will will permeate the earth in which mankind will come to the brink of total and complete destruction. And yet we know that Christ will come and intervene. And when he does, this theocratic kingdom will be set up in Jerusalem. And it will be a powerful kingdom and we will be a part of it because we've been promised that. We are his sons. We have that spirit that dwells in us. And so you can take that and you can be strengthened by that. And for those of you that might be listening and come to this and understand that you can have a part in that kingdom someday. You can be there with the rest of us in that kingdom if you take that time to do it. To go and, and call out to Jesus Christ. To ask for God to come to you and to ask for that spirit. And so we find out in Isaiah, the second chapter, 
And it shall come to pass in that last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established to the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And so God will take sovereignty over all. And many people shall go and say, Come you and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And it will be a powerful day in that time. And he shall judge among the nations. And he shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshare. Because they're going to be repentant, brethren. They're going to see their sins. They're going to see what they are. And they're going to know that that happened was almost to wipe out all of mankind. And so when it comes down to it, they're going to want to beat all of those weapons out of their life and get rid of that, uh, all of that war material, all that war stuff, and just start over. They're going to, be, they're going to, to uh, beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. It will be a glorious and wonderful time. And so, yes, I say, the watchman is important. And the gospel is important. So both of them need to, to be uh, preached and taught today.